Feminist Current. I'm Megan Murphy. A key concern for women in terms of the impact of gender identity legislation has been around new policies being rolled out in various countries around the world, allowing males to compete with and against girls in sport. Beth Stelzer is a housewife, a mom, and an amateur powerlifter in Minnesota. She founded Save Women's Sports in 2019 and is currently traveling around the U.S. advocating for legislation that protects women and girls' sports and fighting legislation allowing males who identify as female to compete with and against girls and women. It sounds like you've been pretty busy over there, so thank you uh, so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of work to do, eh? <laughs> Never ends. Yeah. So uh, tell me when you founded Save Women's Sports and what prompted that? Sure. Well, I'm just kind of an average person and happened to find powerlifting uh, through CrossFit. I think a lot of people are familiar with that. And trained for a couple of years. You know, I'm just a mom and a housewife. It really took some dedication to carve out this time. And after a couple of years of training, I went to the Women's Minnesota State Championships. And there, a male basically threw a temper tantrum through the entire event because he wasn't allowed to compete at a woman as a woman. And that really threw me down a rabbit hole of finding out everything going on with basically the erasure of women. And I started Save Women Sports because I got harassed for speaking out about it. And I just wanted a platform as a safe space for other women to speak out. And thankfully, shortly thereafter, uh, you helped publish a piece about my story. And it's just really been building from there. Mm -hmm. And tell me what's currently happening throughout the U.S. in terms of legislation protecting or not protecting, rather, girls' and women's sports? We have a lot going on. So we have over 30 states that have introduced bills, so introductions of the beginnings of laws, to protect female sports and keep it for only females and keep males out of it. And I've helped testify at many of the states have been kind of all across the nation lately helping to support these bills. And they basically all prompted shortly after Biden's executive order that started to insert gender identity into things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have any of these bills passed or are they sort of still working their way through the system? Yeah. So, well, the first one to go through was last year, at the end of last year, and that was Idaho. And now this year we have Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and just today, West Virginia. And we have several more in the second chamber and Montana's on the governor's desk and we've heard good things about that. So I'm anticipating that to go through anytime soon. So we have a good handful that have actually become laws and it's a really cool thing for me to experience because I just consider myself an average person that happened to come across this and here I am. Yeah. And 
you know, tell me what that process was like for you on your end, you know, like how much success did you have in in talking with these politicians about this issue? You know, were people informed at all? Were people, did people have any idea this was going on? How much did you have to explain a to them in terms of the science? A lot of it is just aware of, just not, a, a lot of them just aren't aware that it's as big of a problem that it is. I think the science is common sense to everyone. And there is a lot of, you know, we support you, but we're afraid to support you publicly because of what our party might say or do. And um, American government is really not fun. And politics are just not for the average person. And it has been quite a learning curve for me along the way to figure out even what to do from state to state, from committee to committee. It's all run differently. So you never quite know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. And are there states that have rejected this legislation and embraced either policies or laws that do allow boys who identify as girls to compete with and against girls in high school, for example? Yeah, well, there to begin with, there are several states with laws in place that allow males to compete as females. And there are several states that the governor has vetoed these bills when they got as far as their desks. And in some of the states, we've had enough support that we've been able to override that veto, meaning that there is enough support in the Senate to bring it back. Um, Not always the votes, but we're we're using every chance we can to raise awareness because that seems to be a key issue is that people aren't aware or they think, oh, what's the harm of letting one or two boys on the female team and they don't see the long term effects of it all? Yeah, I mean, and what about Title IX? Doesn't Title IX protect girls' sports in school, at least? On the basis of sex, right? So in 1972, they passed Title IX, which was supposed to help girls on the basis of sex to preserve the equal opportunities in sports and the educational sphere. And we don't even have that equality and now we're handing that those opportunities over to males basically on a silver platter and calling them brave and courageous along the way and on international women's day of all days biden introduced an executive order which inserted gender identity into title IX. so now title IX means on the basis of sex and gender identity so it basically erased protections for females what a hero (laughs) yeah Um, well and on his first day in office he put an executive order which just basically inserted gender identity into everywhere and so this the these laws these that we're trying to pass these every hearing is an opportunity to just raise awareness because what he did started to take the blinders off of people's eyes and people are waking up to this madness are you seeing that too I think the sports issue is one of the main issues that has caused people to wake up because I think that you know, in the beginning when we started first doing, you know, fighting these gender identity um, laws, um, talking about gender identity ideology and the impact of women, um, 
I think that it seemed a bit too, I don't know, maybe, maybe like it was just wasn't on people's radar. And then we're talking about issues like women's spaces and transition houses. And I think because when you look at a male athlete standing next to a female athlete, it's so obvious that they're not the same, you know, people can see it with their eyes. They know that it's not fair. You know, I think that there's actually very few people who will see this issue and and be like, no, 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 men should, should definitely be, you know, playing rugby against women or, you know, fighting them in the MMA ring or whatever, or even, you know, um, competing in track and field competitions against girls. So, yeah, I think it has caused people to wake up. And it, it caused, like, regular people who weren't already engaged in, you know, the feminism end of the debate, which tends yeah, exactly. to be very marginalized, right? You know, like, people like Joe Rogan started to be like, wait, what? No, this is this is not cool. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely breaking through to the mainstream. And I hope that Safe Women's Sports has been been a part of that process it's really crazy how far um, one person can go from kind of keyboard warrior to published and all sorts of things and traveling across the country to make laws it's almost surreal yeah no and I think your story and stories like yours are so incredibly important because it does show women people in general, you know, that you don't, that any average person can actually make a difference and participate in the fight and do something and and have their voice heard and have success, right? Yeah, you just have to hang in there and wait for the opportunities and strike while you can. And and that's what we're doing here. It's it's not always the easiest, you know, these the, people might not be your audience might not be aware with the process of how a bill becomes a law, but it has to be introduced and then we have hearings and votes and hearings and votes and hearings and votes and sometimes we get a day, if we're lucky, 3 or 4 days notice to prepare for these hearings to get witnesses from across the country to be able to testify. And it's almost like they've set us up for failure. Like the average person seems like they can't make a difference, but uh, you just have to keep an eye out and keep working hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you get the impression, you know, in your travels, in, in talking with people and talking to the media and talking to politicians, whoever, do you get the impression that people genuinely or that some people genuinely believe that boys who identify as girls should be able to compete with and against girls? You know, what are their arguments in that respect? Do they really honestly believe this is fair? Honestly, from sitting in the test in the hearings and listening to the testimony from the opposition, I really do think that some of them think that it's fair that that they truly think that girls can become boys and boys can become girls, and this is the right thing to do. And you know, I've had them straight yell at me in my face that I'm killing their children that I'm killing transgender children by passing, helping pass these laws. And it's, it's, it's just like a cult, basically, it seems to me. There's just so much gaslighting and so much lying going on uh, and passed around as science. I don't know if you saw the recent clip when I was in Texas where a Harvard graduate 
who is a legislator, tried to basically mansplain to everyone how there are six biological sexes. It's just absurd what is going on. I mean, let's 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 talk about the science. I mean, is it possible that if a teenage male takes hormone blockers, he could become more of an equal competitor to a girl? You know, I think a lot of people... I guess they must get confused about the science, and I find people hyper-focus on the testosterone issue. The testosterone battle, right? And that shouldn't even be a part of it. Like, women are not a hormone level. Like, you can't justify someone as claiming womanhood just because they have a certain hormone level, right? And the differences, the physiological differences between males and females, it's evident before birth. It's merely cemented at puberty. Like, it's not that all of a sudden these differences just appear. It's just that they're exaggerated from that point on. We have in the United States something called the Presidential Physical Fitness Test. And they have, this is something that like most kids in all schools do once a year sort of a thing. And the differences are from age six on that boys are different than girls. And so it's not like it's some big secret. It's it's something that's well known. It's evident on the playground when we're children. It shouldn't take scientists and doctors to defend this. No, I mean, it, it's, it should be sort of common knowledge, but it seems not to be. And I mean, it seems like... There's just so much propaganda, and and I I have trouble really understanding it, um, because I I don't know what these people think. You know, it's like, are we just gonna say there's no differences between girls and boys at all? Because that's crazy. And that's what some of them are saying, even, and it it basically is to that level of just absurdity like and you know and of course so beyond the the hormone issue i wonder if you can talk a bit about what the actual physical differences are between males and females that that mean that it's absolutely necessary for them to compete separately sure so i break it down to the bones to start off with like our bone structure is different. Our bone density is different. So like the lengths of our femurs, the angles at which your femurs insert into your hips, which messes with the angles of your knees, this all makes a really big difference in how our bodies can be physical and play sports. You know, everyone knows a woman's body was built to carry babies. And so our hips are shaped differently. Our spines are curved a little different even. There's so many things with just the bones, but then we can go beyond that to the muscles and their muscle mass is bigger and they have more nucleuses in their muscles, myonuclei, and they're able to grow faster, stronger, easier. They retain their muscle mass Um, Like after training, um, women's muscle mass decreases a lot sooner with a disruption of training. Their lungs are bigger, their hearts are bigger, and that all combines into your oxygen levels that you can carry. And also with that is hemoglobin, and that's the actual component in blood that helps oxygen travel throughout your body. Men have more of that. And they have bigger lungs and bigger hearts to pump it all around. 
um, back with the bones, hands are different, feet are different, uh, just so many different. We all know that 10,000 years from now, when they dig up our bodies, they're still going to be able to tell who is male and who is female, right? Um, and how big of a problem is this? You know, like how are, are, you know, how common is it for a boy to be now competing with and against girls in, in high school? We're seeing it in almost every state, but an issue we come to is that in some states it is illegal for their transgender status to be revealed. So we have yet to know and of course, with COVID um, stopping a lot of competitions, we've yet to see how serious this can be. But in Connecticut, where we saw just two males invading into female track, they hold 15 women girls state championships now, robbed over 80 opportunities. And that's just two males. And one girl losing out is too many, in my opinion. We have in college, we have... Uh, a male that was at best ranking in the 300s, 200s nationally, next season, women's champion. This is a problem that we're trying to nip in the bud because it's a floodgate. It's going to be really hard to close. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's the the real danger is that once this kind of legislation passes, I think it's very, very hard to undo. How do you and, take it back? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, what happened in Canada, of course, was that so few people bothered to speak out and to attempt to stop um, the gender identity legislations and policies that were being imposed and pushed through. And, you know, it's it's too late in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's done so stealthily and they've created such a toxic environment. I know in the sports realm, I've had... Friends that have literally been told by their sponsors, if you speak out about this, we're not going to sponsor your team anymore. Mm. Terrible. It, it just goes so deep on so many levels, doesn't it? Yeah. And there there are girls, there are girls in high school who've been very brave and have, have spoken out. Have you been in touch with them? Yeah, of course. And uh, I, I've mainly been in contact with their moms and <laughs> being a mom myself. Um, it's really great to just kind of have that support system. And unfortunately, those four girls in the Sewell lawsuit in Connecticut, their case has been dismissed. However, they have filed an appeal, so we haven't given up hope. But when you enter into a case and the judge won't let you call the boys boys males, that you have to refer to them as transgender girls, I think you're pretty well set up for what's going to happen. And it's not very fair. And they asked the judge to recluse, and he didn't. And so I think this was kind of expected, and we've just been waiting for this appeal. And there is a case for college against the Idaho bill that passed at the end of last year that I had mentioned. That's HB 500 in Idaho. Uh, there is an injunction on that, and there are some college athletes that are trying to fight it. So I think we should be hearing from that next week. Uh, there will be uh, hearing from both sides on that. So we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the Selena Sewell case? Um, what What went down there? 
Sure. So in Connecticut, there um, it started with a couple of young women noticing that there were males coming into the track competitions. And I think you have to realize, too, that in track, they enter into more than one um, competition. So they, they can often take spots in three, four different places when they come to a track meet. And when they realized that these were males... Uh, it took them a while to find some help, but they were joined with the Alliance Defending Freedom in filing first a Title IX um, complaint with the Department of Education, and then further on uh, it turned into a lawsuit against the Athletic Association in Connecticut. Um, that now went from two girls to being four girls. They garnered a little more support as time went on. Uh, it's been a few years battle now coming to this conclusion of a of a dismissal and that was on terms that it wasn't an issue because those boys weren't in high school anymore hmm. um I, i'm curious to know a bit more about the uh the backlash that you've experienced in in you know doing this work and specifically with regard to these bills and this legislation it, it ranges, you know, you get the typical names like being a, a transphobe or a bigot and as far as extending into being a racist. Uh, the death threats are slowing down. The more that I stand in the truth, I think they feel my power because I haven't gotten as many of those lately. Uh, at some of the state capitals, uh, you can see on the, my YouTube channel, I was able to chronicle a bit of it that sometimes there are little mobs waiting for me, um, chanting things like shame or just that I am weak or my femininity is fragile, was that they were screaming at me in Arkansas. Um, yeah, all you can do is laugh, really, because it's these silly names. Like, really, that's all it comes down to. That's all they got. Like, okay, call me some names. Come at me, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. They never, it it always proves, to me at least, and, and hopefully to others, that they don't actually have any arguments. You know, they can't, they can't actually criticize you on fair ground. So they just invent this stuff or call you names. I mean, call exactly. you phobic, racist. Character attacks and, yeah. and whatnot instead of actually talking about facts. Exactly. And, and there it comes down to, again, it's all about feelings with them. And I think it's hard for some people to see in sports why it's important to these activists to try and push for these things they are for inclusion because it's, it's validation. For these males pretending to be females, it is the ultimate validation for them to hold a women's trophy. And it's time for women to stand up. We... It, Everywhere across the world, we are seeing this issue of males competing in female sports because they know it's the spearhead of this. And if they can win it in sports, they can win every every arena. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And you're also right that it is, it's always about feelings. You know, the arguments that are made are like, well, you know, these 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 kids will feel left out. They'll feel ostracized. They don't feel included. Etc. Etc. But at the they end of the day, up, they straight up scream at me that I'm killing their children by doing this. Crazy. Is, do you have hope that we'll be able to win this fight? 
I do. I really do. Um, at first, I felt like I was kind of running a 5K, and I now see it's a marathon. That's kind of how I look at it. And uh, marathons aren't easy. They're really long, and they're really painful. But you always seem to work through those painful moments and can find a way to the end. Uh, the human mind and body are capable of so much more than we realize. And it's going to be a lot of stress coming up, I think, these coming years. But if it's that's what it's going to take to to wake people up. And I think people like you and me and are in five to ten years are going to be sitting back going, I told you so, and laughing. Yeah. So how can people support your work and join the fight? Um, what can they do in their own uh, states? Sure. Well, grassroots conversations is how we can really get this done and just raising awareness. So having conversations with friends, family, coaches, uh, authorities in school, sharing, commenting, liking on posts. If you can come and testify, uh, check out our state legisla legislation page on SaveWomenSports.com and see if there's a bill in your state. Email us at info at SaveWomenSports.com. We can help you with testifying. If you can't uh, testify, you can help with your pocketbook and get us some gas money to travel across these states. Uh, you can find all that on SaveWomenSports.com. And uh, we appreciate any help. We're really grassroots on a shoestring budget. And we have spent less making laws traveling the country than some organizations spend on just one event. And we're pretty proud of that. So know that every penny counts for us. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me and for all your, your hard work. It's very impressive. And it's, I'm just grateful that you exist. Oh, well, I am grateful that you gave the opportunity for me to feel safe in speaking out. You just heard an interview with Beth Steltzer, founder of Save Women's Sports. That is all the time we have for today. I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at Feminist Current, or send us an email at info at feministcurrent.com. We are hosted by Libsyn, and you can subscribe to the Feminist Current Podcast anywhere you like to listen. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Spotify, and beyond. You can even give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Feminist Current is produced and hosted by myself, Megan Murphy, out of Vancouver, BC. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider making a donation to support our work. Just visit feministcurrent.com and click the donate button.